Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. by Selector. If you ever want to know what kind of music we're playing on this program as bumper music, join our Facebook group. Go to Facebook and just search Morano Radio Fans and Haters. I want to be clear. The haters of this program are just as welcome to participate in the group discussion as the fans. The only thing that we would ask is that you listen to the show. If you listen, I don't care why you listen. Just uh, be part of the discussion. Now, um, there are two types of people that work in radio. There are people, and this has been the case for as long as I can remember, there are people that really want to be doing something else. They want to be on TV. They want to be in politics. They want to be writing books. They want to do something else, and they're using – they want to sell trinkets. They want to sell a colon cleanser, whatever the case may be, and they're using radio – as an opportunity to help them get to that next step where they really want to be or to because they can't do what they really want to do. They were fired from their TV job. They're a disgraced politician, whatever the case may be. So they're stuck on the radio. And then there are people like me, people that have a passion for radio, people that always listen to radio, people that if they didn't work in radio would be listening to it. All the time. Uh, People that study radio, think about radio, talk about radio, and are into radio. While I have very little tolerance for the former, I absolutely love talking to, interacting with, and learning from the latter. My next guest is the latter and then some. He has been a veteran radio consultant. He has provided the playbook for some of the most successful radio stations in history. That's not an exaggeration. He is a widely read columnist on the subject of radio in Talkers. He is a very successful nationally syndicated radio talk show host in his own right. It is a great deal of pleasure to welcome back the one and only Walter Sabo. Walt, it's great to talk with you again. It's always great to talk to you. I've had the privilege now of listening to your show many, many times. You're a spectacular host. You sound like New York. 
listeners love you. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Well, the pleasure is uh, is all mine, Walt. I-, I was all set to talk with you even before this announcement from Ford in the last 24 hours about AM radio because I loved your column in Talkers, which I'm going to link to right now on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash Fan, And it really gave a wonderful history about how radios ended up in cars in the first place and including some lessons for where we're going in the future. To give our listeners who might not have been around in the early 1920s a little bit of a primer on how cars b- became so, to go hand in hand with radios for so long. What happened? Romance. That's always the way things happen. Two tinkering, broke inventors took their girlfriends to a lookout one night. Beautiful view, terrific. One of them said to the girlfriend, isn't this great? Don't you love this view? And she said it would be a lot better if there was music. So the two tinkerers went back to their labs. One of them was a failed uh, battery manufacturer. The other one just had a lot of wacky ideas. And they worked on figuring out how to put a radio into your car. And uh, they got one into a car, into a Studebaker. And the thing was huge. The antenna was a net over the ceiling of the roof of the car. The battery couldn't, it couldn't run off the battery of the car. It had to have its own battery, which was under the seat. It was huge. They drove it to a local bank to get financing to build more of them. The banker said, okay, let me drive the car for a day. He pulled it into his garage one night. That night, it caught fire. Mm. It caught fire in the banker's garage, and they didn't get a loan. But they were stubborn. They drove the car about 800 miles to a radio manufacturer's convention, played the radio super loud outside the convention, and got enough orders from these manufacturers to continue with what they were doing. But it was very tough because cars were about $3,000 then, and the radio cost $600 to put in. So that was a big challenge. Finally, in the early 1920s, Chevrolet brought down the price, put it in their cars. But then there was more trouble. Local community groups, angry community groups, fearful community groups said, well, this is a major distraction to driving. We can't have this in the car. And they petitioned and petitioned to make it illegal to have a radio in the car, just like these idiots make it illegal to talk on a cell phone in the car because it's a major distraction. Well, then the Association of Radio Manufacturers got together and said, that's nonsense. Not only is it not a distraction, it provides weather, traffic, road hazards ahead, any warnings that the driver might need, and it helps keep drivers alert. And that's how this happened. Uh, Today, the challenge is a lot of nonsense. When they say, you know, there's a static problem, in the 1920s, the ignition, the starter, the batteries, the lights, everything put static into that AM radio in the Studebaker. And these two inventors had to track down every point of static, adjust the components, rewire it, and they got rid of all of the static issues. What I love is the fact that they had to come up with a name for this thing. And they said, well, what if we call it a Motorola? And that's how Motorola started. (laughs) I love it. And the partner, the other partner, was a guy named uh, Frank Lear. And he went on to uh, invent the Learjet. 
So these these were two brilliant guys who invented the car radio and started the Motorola factory. The um, when Ford. Tesla, BMW first started making noises about doing away with AM radio or even beyond just making noises, making the decisions to not include AM radio in their electric vehicles or their new vehicles. A lot of people like me protested and the response from these auto manufacturers, well, most AM radios have some other way that people can listen. People can stream those stations and they can get that same content on their phone or through some dashboard listening device. I guess that's true. Look, all the stations that I'm on right now are certainly streaming stations. So what's the big deal, Walt? Explain to folks why they should care if car manufacturers move forward with removing AM radio. First of all, to most of us, streaming is the the label for streaming. The radio station that you get mostly on streaming is buffering now. (laughs) That's the big number one station on streaming. It's buffering now. We are a long way from knowing how to master streaming media. Every every computer, every set, every app does it a different way. Usually it's buffering now. The beauty, the magic of AM radio and FM radio is I turn it on and there it is. That's our power. We have the most elegant beautiful distribution system of any medium and the great thing about listening to you right now odds are your listeners alone and they have chosen you over 40 or 50 other signals right now when you say hey buy this think about this have you heard about this you're you're 14 inches away from the microphone they're 14 inches away from a speaker it's the most intimate and powerful medium now nobody goes to a movie theater to look at a blank screen. If movies aren't selling, it's not because of the screen, it's because of the movies. Same thing with radio. Nobody listens to the AM band and nobody listens to the FM band. They listen for shows. The future of AM radio depends on the shows. And New York City's an anomaly. There are many viable AM radio stations in New York City. In the rest of the country, between New York and and L.A., there are very few. In most cities, there isn't an AM station in the top 30 Mm. in Nielsen. But the lesson of WABC and the powerful lesson of John Casamitidis is this. If you do the right things, you make it a local station, you make it live, you have passionate about it, and you promote it and you make it visible, then you have a great movie and people will come to the theater and enjoy it. Most companies, including the one that used to own WABC, gave up. Shame on them. They should go to, to, to media prison for what most has, has happened to these AM signals. The fact is, is that nobody, most people don't care if it's AM or FM. What they lo- listen for is a show. They want a show. They want to be entertained and they will be attracted to it. Uh, the, the beauty of WABC is it has proven that you can take a station that was crap and be passionate about it, commit to it, and very quickly the audience has grown by 80% because it's a great show. That's what has to happen. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders 
with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. If people... If people just tuning in, we're talking with Walter Sabo, a.k.a. Walter Sterling. His uh, weekend nationally syndicated show is one of the most widely listened to weekend radio programs in America. And if you listen to it, it's easy to see why. I also link to his column on this subject in Talkers. You can check it out on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash MoranoFan. Walt, you alluded to uh, the owner of Red Apple Media, John Katsimatidis. Do you believe that the decision by Ford to backtrack on this, to not only include vehicles, to include the radio, uh, the AM radio in their 2024 gas-powered models, which they were not going to do, but their electric vehicles as well, do you believe that that is due to the advocacy of the industry? I know John was very vocal on that. He launched an online petition drive, took out ads, went on TV. Is that due to that? Is it due to the threat of legislation? Is it due to an uproar from the listeners? Is it due to all three? Why do you think Ford made this decision to backtrack? It was a tsunami. They saw a tsunami coming. Imagine hundreds of radio stations in America attacking your company. That's not something they're used to. They're used to being kissed up to because they're a major advertiser. For the first time in decades, the radio stations were going, hey, guess what? You can't do that. And they saw that it was going to become organized. They were fearful correctly that it could become a law. But I will share with you what I'm pretty sure the radio industry did not take advantage of and will and will if this ever raises its its head again, which is this. The vast majority of AM radio stations in America, outside of New York, outside of Chicago and L.A., the vast majority of them are gospel stations, religious stations. Do you really want 100 preachers coming to your office in in Washington in Detroit do you want do you want the the preacher do you want Al Sharpton to show up at your corporate offices in Detroit and say you keep my show on the air there are radio stations you won't believe this frank there are radio stations in America that air Al Sharpton 24 hours a day 24 hours a day 7 days a week you really want Al Sharpton to show up at your corporate <laughs> headquarters and say, you keep my show on the air? Yeah, I think uh, they have tried that for some of the uh, pe- the combatants at Gitmo, and they found that it was torture <laughs> under the Geneva Convention. Uh, Walt, um, the reason that I was eager to point out that Ford is going to be including AM radios in their electric vehicles as well is because, in my view, this really puts the lie to what the auto manufacturers were saying about the static and the technology. I mean, if Ford is essentially admitting that they can include the AM radios in all their electric vehicles, then you would think that means Tesla, BMW, and all these other car companies can do the same thing with minimal static and interference. The static issues were solved in the early 1920s. That's how it got installed in Chevrolet's. There, let me get this straight now. You can invent a car that can park itself and you can't deal with AM static. Let me consider another conspiracy theory. Satellite radio 20 years ago, in order to get established, had to pay a fortune to get placement in General Motors cars. 
practically bankrupt XM Radio to get to pay the fees to get their radios into General Motors' car. They had to pay hundreds of hundreds of dollars for every install. Let me suggest that at some point Ford looked around and said, wait a minute, we're getting money from satellite radio to have this space in the, in the dash. And Pepsi pays a lot of money to get shelf displays in supermarkets. Why don't we start to charge the AM radio manufacturers, mm. the chips, uh, for, for that placement? And maybe, taking the conspiracy theory further, maybe satellite radio gave them that idea. Well, one of the one of the things that we've heard from some conservative politicians, people like Ted Cruz and others, is that this was the result of political bias, that they were looking to take AM radio out of uh, cars because conservatives dominate AM radio. And this is an effort to silence conservative media. Do you buy that at all? No, I don't buy that for one second, because think about the people who run corporations like this. Are they known to be liberals? No, the the people, the CEOs of those companies, they are conservatives. They don't donate heavily to conservative candidates. It is in their best interest to have a conservative run economy. I don't think that ever occurred to them. I think those are talk show hosts of way too much free time <laughs> to come up with imaginary problems. We're both admirers and fans of Howard Stern. You actually have worked with him and, and you know him. I thought it was interesting, given his impact on satellite radio, what he had to say about AM radio when this came up the other day. Uh, for people that didn't hear me play this previously or talk about it, this is a little bit of what Howard Stern said on this front. This kind of freaked me out. I was I was reading an article how how like a lot of car manufacturing companies now are eliminating AM radio from the radios. Yes, yes that's uh, it was announced a while ago, and now it's actually happening. They're just not going to put an AM radio in there. I think that's wrong, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, I'm a fan of AM. Like, okay, I don't listen to AM radio anymore. I don't listen to any radio. I listen to satellite. I really mm -hmm. do not listen to radio, I'm but I same. also don't, I don't drive a lot. And sometimes like talk shows and stuff are kind of cool on AM radio. And I don't know. It seems to me they're see, I'm one of those believers that AM radio could have a resurgence if they got the right people thinking outside the box with that thing. It's like a kind of an interesting medium. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. I'll ask you, Walt, because you've had uh, built a whole career, several careers, in fact, on thinking outside the box. If you were to advise an AM radio station owner to do what Howard's saying should be done, do something outside the box and be a little creative and do something different, what would you suggest? I would suggest that the job of a radio station is to establish and shine a mirror to that community. And when, uh, for example, every one of the smartest things they could do is put a radio station in every local high school. 
put a radio station in every local high school, have the kids in that high school do the broadcast, the fastest way to get AM radios into the home and into the hearts and minds of the people in the community is you put their kids on the air. That's the first thing I would do. Secondly, I'd make sure that every single second of that station addressed the community, talked to the community, gave access to the community and people who lived in the community and put them on the air. I'll never forget, for a couple summers, I worked at a newspaper, a local newspaper. Every single person who came into that newspaper to get back copies of the newspaper wanted those back copies because they were in it. That's why they came in. They wanted to see themselves in the media. Anytime we put listeners on the air, it, it is powerful and they bond for life. The uh, I saw also in focus to hear people say, hey, have you ever entered a radio station contest? And the answer was no, no, no. And then I said, change the question. Then the question became, most people have entered a radio station contest. Which one have you entered? <laughs> Every hand went up. But more importantly, and this is the power of radio, more importantly, not only did everybody enter the contest, but they all remembered the prize they won where they won it, the name of the disc jockey, and, Frank, they still had the prize. Because that, that was the touch with show business. The closer we get them to the radio stations, the more we get them into the stations, put them on the air. Dumbest things talk show hosts do, which you don't do, is not take phone calls. Are you out of your mind? It's the one thing we've got over newspaper and television. There's nothing sadder and than And podcasts. Seeing... That's the one thing that we've got over podcasts pod, pod, uh, as well. Podcasts are, are a hobby. Podcasts are like talking to yourself in your bedroom when you were 15. <laughs> well, I have to run. I I could talk with you all day. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the upcoming Talkers Conference. I hope we end up on a panel together, but I'll look forward to seeing you either way. Thank you, as always. You're the best, Frank. Thank you. Walter Sabo, a.k.a. Walter Sterling. Check out his column. I just linked to it on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash moranofan. Love to hear your thoughts on this. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. Other side of midnight. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh. All right.